It's Tennessee Titans talk. It all comes down to this, big fella. Huh. Sure does. I mean, it's been a long season for us. After Saturday, we'll have some clarity on what happens next. Landon, we're going to have an AFC South Championship. A true one. We don't get this every year. Saturday night, primetime. Our Titans, which have lost a lot of games in a row against <laughs> a really upstart Jacks team. And I mean that. Four straight wins. I mean, these are two trains going in opposite directions. What's your first gut on this matchup Saturday night? I don't feel good about it at all. Just, I mean, you look at the roster, you look at where everyone's going, it's just hard to see us winning. It's just maybe it's just because it's the Titans and it's the Jags. And even though the Jags beat us already, I still have to see them earn it in a big game where they outplay us and not just win the turnover margin. We should lose this game. Vegas has the Jags saved by six and a half. But it just feels like this team always finds a way to win games it shouldn't for the most part. He goes back home. This is for the playoffs. This is for their season. I know some of us, me included, are fine with us losing out, getting a top 10 pick. But the players want to play. They want to keep making the playoffs. They want to win the division for the third straight year. They don't want to give them and say, well, I'm okay if we lose this game because we'll get another college kid on our roster. They don't care about that stuff. So they're going to try hard. It's just... The roster is so depleted, I don't think it's going to matter. In the scheme of this rivalry, I think this is going to be the ultimate tradition over current momentum because they're the better team. They have a lot of good young talent. They've won four games in a row. Their fan base is excited about them. This game is in Jacksonville against history. Jacksonville has never won a big game against us. The biggest game I asked earlier, preparing for the show earlier today, Landon says it, it was the game a month ago. And I think that's probably right because they have had some really, really big games against us and they've never really won one. We've got a really good friend, Ben, who was here last year and came to a game and came down from New Jersey. He is a big time, all time Jags fan. A real credit to the whole fan base, really. He's back with us. Uh, he's really excited. Ben, thanks for being with us. And tell us about that intersection. Do you agree this is – is it going to be current season momentum or is this going to be another years later we'll say, remember when the Jags had to win, they just had to beat us and we lost like seven straight and they couldn't close at home? Any worry about that in the fan base? I appreciate it. And uh, I'm really excited, you know, for, for Saturday and to see what happens. Everyone's really excited. I mean, the Jacksonville started hot and then five-game losing streak and then uh, Trevor Lawrence has really stepped it up. So – there's a lot of optimism in the fan base right now. I would say I'm a little scared for Saturday. I mean, the Titans are experienced, played great in these moments, you know. So I think Jacksonville's young, and we're just going to see what happens. We lost Christmas Eve at home to the Texans. So it's hard to really – you kind of feel like an idiot where you're like, oh, we could win this game. But, John, <laughs> I do kind of think like like Landon already said, like Derrick Henry goes home and just does have the makings of – of a game where everybody else outside of Nashville is like, really, we have to watch that team another week? Like, we could have seen, like, Lawrence and Jacksonville. I, yeah. I think the national narrative is going to be, like, not like – it won't be funny only to us. It'll be hilarious. But to everyone else will be like, really? Do you give this team any chance? Because weirdly, I do. I think I do. Uh, and I don't want to, just based off of the, you know, the last six weeks of uh... – you know, painstaking losses we've endured. But, I mean, you know, it's funny you say that because I have a lot of non-Titan fan friends who, <laughs> talking in the last couple of days, they don't want to see us on TV. 
They don't want to watch. <laughs> that's, that's so sad. <laughs> they don't want to watch us play on Saturday, let alone in the playoffs, because they're just as disgusted as we are. We have lost to all the teams that we were chalking up as wins in the preseason when we were looking at it and looking at the schedule. And I don't think anybody's excited about us, which. Well, it's like still Venezuela. a playoff home game if we win. I, I know it's been really bad, but – and people can say whatever they want, but we still would have made the playoffs. We still would have hosted a home game. So, I think – wouldn't it show a lot of moxie to find a way to beat them on the road even after everything? Oh, I think it definitely would. And I think, you know, as we sit there, like the reason that – you know, nobody wanting to watch us in week 18 or in the playoffs makes me feel like, oh, well, you know what? We're going to win then, like – and like Landon said, this is the the Derrick Henry get right game all every year. And no, no offense, Ben, but you kind of know that's how it's been. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and and if if there's ever a time where we needed him to do something, it's it's now. And you both mentioned that we're in a really weird space, and I'm conflicted. I want us to win because that means more football for us, a home playoff game. And you know, mm-hmm. once you're in the tourney, who knows what can happen? But at the same time. If we lose out, there's a likelihood that we get that number 10 or 11 yeah. spot in the draft. And that's appealing to me because I don't want to be picking that, that high again. That's what's tricky is if we win this game, we're probably picking 20th. And if we lose this game, we're probably picking 10th. And yeah. I know that like the best player in our team was picked 19th. So I think we might think a little into it. But it, that, that, it is material enough. Usually it's just a couple of spots, right? But not this year. There, there's a lot to make this compelling. And, of course, this is – you know, we had my dad on this podcast a few months ago, and he thinks our all-time biggest rival since we came to Nashville is Jacksonville. And this adds to that. And I kind of like that wrinkle. Uh, Landon, what does Vegas think about this game? Well, they have absolutely zero faith in our offense. The over-under <laughs> is only 40. Which I think I – would, I would take the over-on, even though I've been saying hammer the under in every game we've been playing. Because Do- Dobbs did look pretty nice – last week and the Jags yeah. aren't, aren't the Cowboys on defense and our defense True. is still bad because we're missing so many guys. But like I said earlier, we're six and a half point underdogs. They're, they're riding high with the Jags, which as they should, as most people should, I really think the only people thinking the Titans have a chance are fans like us who have just seen how this team can always find another depth to, to dig down in and find a way to win and maybe just illogical belief and faith and hope in the fact that this team has surprised us a lot and our best players are capable of taking over games. But it's just, I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't fault anyone for wanting the Jags to make the playoffs over the Titans just because they don't want to see us play. Because for us, it may be fun to watch us struggle and claw and have that hope of maybe we win wild card because we're probably going to play the chargers who even though they're getting bosa back aren't a great run defense so maybe derrick henry goes off and we get lucky yeah. with some really bad weather outside and the, the chargers passing off and slows down yeah we're the only people wanting that everyone else wants oh outside of nashville to go I down totally to jacksonville yeah they want yeah, Lawrence versus herbert in the nice warm weather they don't want a nasty gross game that's 20 to 17 yeah but for me it's like my expectations in the last two months that we've had Big fella, big fella, you got to say, like, if we win this game Saturday, tall order, mm-hmm. and if we we could win, we we I mean, we had the Chargers on the ropes in L.A. 
even with this sure. crap offensive line. So we can do that. And then if we looked back two years, we'd be like, you remember that year we lost like seven straight games and we won a darn playoff game? I wouldn't hate that. It would be worth it. I'd give it, the 10 the ten slot the the ten um um yeah I, I would go back in the draft for it. that's fun and I, and you know we it's like when you have really bad behavior and you do really bad and then you finish really strong it's like think of every Tom Brady game this year in the last five minutes he's okay it's you kind of kind of save things I don't want to get too optimistic here but you think about us potentially winning the first round game right. And then the second round game. I'm just saying, we're got, not going to the Super Bowl, but we could do no. that. That would be our Super Bowl, and but, I'd be fine with it. But listen, I mean, you know, second round, you're potentially able to get Ben Jones back, Ryan Tannehill back, David Long back. And then it starts to become a roster where you're like, you know what? Well, we can only get one of them back because we only okay, have one yeah, more. Yeah, maybe IR pump spot the brakes on the, the second round. The second round, well, game, I don't even know if I'd watch. I'd be like, oh, no, we're getting killed. But yeah, we yeah. get to go up to, we get to play the Chiefs. Yay. Hey, we I'm almost beat them with the a fun atmosphere. Which, if we oh, won yeah, a playoff ben, game. Ben hits in, us with the old fun atmosphere. <laughs> which, if we won the wild card and Henry is awesome, I would find myself talking to myself thinking like, hey, Henry's going to have another awesome game. This time, Josh Jobs isn't Malik Willis. So maybe we have a chance. Yeah, and we've got Josh something Jobs better than Chris Conley. A lot of guts. That, that, Josh Jobs is going to go one of two ways Saturday night. It's going to be like, wow, this guy should have gotten his shot over the last six years. Or it could be like, oh, okay, Josh. You know, it's like um, he is a gutsy guy, and he's smart, and he's always going to be gutsy and tough and smart. And I, I don't expect him to fall on his face or anything, but I'm just saying, like, it's NFL. I mean, they've been watching tape on him. Well, there's finally tape on him, and I think he's going to be gutsy and everything. We will see. It does make it kind of exciting that it's come down to this. We thought we had this in the bag, Ben, two months ago. I mean, we just – it was just a foregone conclusion. We we're going to host the game. You guys have fought. Came back. What is we've talked a lot about the Titans fan base. It's always interesting for us to see what's the tenor overall of the Jacksonville's fan base. I mean, what I mean, obviously there's a lot of excitement. What's their perception generally of how this is gonna go Saturday? I would say after the Jaguars were three and seven, I I was ready to throw it in and just hope for, you know, another uh, a five win season, six if we're lucky. And then all of a sudden, you know, um Trevor Lawrence really stepped it up and stuff in our, our defense, I think found its groove in some areas and, and somehow, you know, the Jaguars upset Dallas and upset the Ravens. Um, I would say everyone's really excited. Everyone's really hopeful for the future. I would even say, even if the Jaguars lose on Saturday, it's, it's still a successful season. And I would have never said that if the Jaguars were in the Jets uh, position and had started really hot. You're playing with house money in a sense. Yeah, um, I think if, so too. If the Jaguars win, hey, it's great. Even if they lose, it's still a celebration of, I would say, getting ready for next year. Uh, Calvin Ridley is going to be on the roster next year, and yeah. we're going to see what happens if he can. Help. Yeah, so I, that is interesting because in professional sports, typically there isn't moral victories or, hey, this is just exciting to be here. But we got a young team and a first-year coach and – a franchise that's not had a ton of success, I think win or lose. I think if they win this game and they look kind of interesting against, let's say, the Chargers, I think the offseason hype train is going to be for real. I think people will talk about this team, especially in a weak division, all winter, the way they usually bloat uh, the Colts. But if they lose, they're still going to be a, wow, you know, Lawrence really got it together. I wonder what that looked like in Peterson's second year. And on and on and on. And there's some defensive talent. 
Um, there's a lot of exciting young players uh, on this Jacksonville team. Landon, is there anybody or any couple of guys that just sort of stand out to you that we may not know a ton about or of their blue chip guys? Who do you think Jacksonville fans should be most excited about? I think it definitely has to be Tyson Campbell because the year before they took C.J. Henderson with the ninth overall pick. They traded him a year later, which was a total bust. One of the many busted picks of the 2020 draft, which Titans fans can't throw – stones and glass houses too much considering who stop we him John. first. I said big fella stop him don't let him talk about our 2020 draft <laughs> I've already done yeah. a seance I got a trash can yeah, I burned all of those draft cards well, yeah, it that... didn't happen we, we we struck it from history yep, uh, John's it, it trying to outfit a DeLorean as we speak so we go back in time but until then I, we can't talk about it I've been working so hard on that DeLorean and there's a lot I gotta fix <laughs> but... I'm, gonna need to go, I'm gonna need to go back multiple years but their best young player that isn't Lawrence is definitely Tyson Campbell, the cornerback for me. He's been really good in this second year, and he had some flashes last year. But now that the rest of the defense isn't pathetic around him, he's been really, really well. I think ETN has looked way better than I expected. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, I, mean, I thought he, he was propped up uh, by a really good college team and sort of one-dimensional. He's, he's exceeded my expectations for sure. I didn't think he could be a workhorse guy. I kind of thought he was a speed merchant. But he's getting a lot of volume outside this past week when they were definitely resting guys. And he's looked a lot better between the tackles than I thought. The surprising thing is he doesn't really catch passes at all. And that was one of the things that teams were, were interested in coming out of the draft. Ben, who, who excites you the most coming out? It may, may not be an everyday name. You mentioned Campbell, ATM. There is talent on this team. What? I would say... Josh Allen, uh, he, he was drafted in the first round a few years ago. He, he, uh, he's quietly had a really strong season. His, uh, his stats aren't, aren't showing on the sack numbers, but, but he's a strong leader. He, uh, he really steps up in a lot of other stats. He, uh, I'm a huge Trayvon Walker fan. Um, I hope he is um, an excellent player. He still needs a few years, though. <laughs> I'll I be honest. I mean, player. You see the I mean, raw talent. I would just advise you to not watch any Giants yeah, or, or, or Lions games. If or, you want to feel yeah, better about him, if you want to feel better about him, watch the first matchup we had where Dennis Daly makes Walker look like an All Pro. Yeah, just watch Dennis Daly to make yourself feel better. <laughs> no, I, mean, I yeah. do think Walker. I think they put him in a bad position, but you can tell he's going to be like a legitimately like good pass rusher. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that up about Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, who, of course, down here we watched him play at Kentucky. He's a really good player. He was drafted the year the draft was in Nashville to really monitor a good pass rusher. Now, the great ones are going to get sacks and hurries. A really, really good one, though, can really not be on the stat sheet, but you watch the games, and they're constantly getting after. They're interrupting passing lanes. They're, tipping, they're you know, they're changing the trajectory of passes, and Allen is, is that guy for me. He really gets after it. He really affects the game, even though he doesn't his, – uh, his analytics aren't great. I agree. I mean, he's a um, um, he's a strong player, he's a strong leader in the locker room as well, and and yeah, his uh, his other stats aren't up there, but I think I think the Jags have to resign him. I mean, he he's a really strong presence. I um I, I was hopeful to chase on <laughs> he would um yeah. uh, eventually step up, and uh, it seems like our our twenty twenty class um is a- and they didn't hold the great. draft that year. It was the pandemic, and they skipped it. Um, <laughs> No, the, the 2020 draft did not exist. I, I have no memory of it. I see Jay Henderson, so, Chase on, and then I should also along with the roster too. Those are our first three draft choices. So, 
So well, that makes me feel – it would make me feel a little bit better uh, had that draft been held, but it wasn't. Yeah, uh, right. It did, it, it did not happen. <laughs> it never happened. Well, with um, Josh Allen, they gave him the fifth-year option, right? Yes, uh, he, he has a fifth-year option. He uh, still doesn't okay. – um, so he's still going to be a Jaguar next year, one way or another. Yeah, but it generally, you know, guys are excited about in that fifth year, they'll, in that season or in the offseason before, work out some kind of extension, right? I think that's yeah. what Ben's referring to. He's hoping right. that he's not a lame duck guy or a Willy Wonny guy. Um, I don't know. A lot of that depends on kind of the positive momentum. But I think when you're them and you're ascending, I don't think you take away talent. Right, I would agree. I mean, but that's – Ben, as you know, that's some, sometimes – that's what the Jaguars have done over the last, God, what, decade? I just think the Jags haven't had, had well, enough good draft picks to give guys extensions. True. I believe, actually, that he would be their first first-round draft picks signed for the extension, I think. And I'm actually <laughs> try, I'm trying to think back to the last one. And honestly, as a Jags fan, I, I for certain – Jalen Ramsey is obviously an outstanding player, but did he make it to his extension before he was traded? Uh, he was traded before. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Man, um, that was a wild was franchise. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, if you look at, um, yeah, I, I would say maybe 08, 09. Woof. <laughs> I didn't check that, but. Wow. First, uh, so. So, John, Landon, y'all tell me however y'all want to split it up. This is always takes about 30 minutes, so it seems like for our team. Well, who's going to play for the Titans? Oh, and and what, what do you know about the Jags? Let's talk injuries. Well, Man, now that this game off, actually matters and we're not trying out the practice squad, right now we only have one player ruled out, which is, which is something that seems very strange. Although we do have to remind everyone that we're missing like 10 starters to IR, so those guys don't show up. We're still missing half the team, but this time, at least it's not three-quarters of the team. It could always be worse. But at the injury report, yeah. the only guy out is a practice squad corner named Devontae Harris. I don't even think he was on the team till last week. Outside of that, everyone else has been limited all week. Traylon Burks got injured. He had a groin injury on Wednesday, and he was in DMP today. But Rabel said he's going to play, so... The only guy that's on the active roster right now that we're going to miss might be Imani Hooker. He was limited all week, then he was a DNP today, and his injury has just been really weird all year. I would, I mean, I would, I would like to think he would try and gut it out in play since this is the last game of the year. It's for the playoffs and all that. But going from limited to a DNP instead of the other way around has me worried that he won't be out there, which is going to be think- tough because that just means Evan Ingram and everyone over the middle is going to have an even easier time. I think Vrabel even kind of hinted that with with, um, Traylon Burks, that they're trying to rest guys a little bit. So even though they were questionable yesterday in the DNP today, I think it's more out of precaution. So I tend to think that Hooker will play, um, and that will will probably be the healthiest we've been in the last eight weeks. Um, Let's recount. Let's recount who's on uh, injured reserve for us right now. Ben Jones, of course. Ryan Tannehill. We, we don't have that much time. Of course, uh, Lawan. Uh, I can do it real fast. Go. It's Tannehill, Lawan, Ben Jones, Dead. Nate Davis, Dead. Landry oh, Dupree, Davis. Uh, Cunningham, David Long, and Chance Campbell. Malden. 
Yeah, Molden. And I believe that's it as far as starters go. So that would be Jamarco 10 starters. Jones. Oh, and Farley, among others, but <laughs> oh yeah. I don't and... want to hear I don't want to hear that name. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and and Andrew Adams is out for the year, which is another starter who's been filling in since Yeah, he was among... good. I liked him. Yeah, he's out for the year with a torn patellar tendon, so that just Ooh. it's just about par for the course for us the past two years. Ben, what's the injury situation for the Jags? Is there a big down there like, oh, if this guy doesn't play, it's going to change our fortunes? Is there uh, – what's that like for Jacksonville this week? Uh, So, Jacksonville, um, everybody's playing. Um, So, um, I know Trevor Lawrence, um, he's been skipping Wednesdays, but um, he's set and stuff, and everybody else on the roster is is, um, set for Saturday. Um, Six six guys on IR, uh, Cam – Robinson, um, he was the latest on IR a few weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Smoot, um, who's another uh, defensive end, he, uh, he got hurt um, um, against the Jets in one of the last plays, so he's out for the year. Um, but Jacksonville's pretty healthy, though, you know, so um, everyone's stayed uh, pretty healthy throughout the year, so I'm hopeful everybody is uh, set for Saturday. Ben, what do you think about Doug Peterson, the job he's done? Um, you've looked for more in year two, it seems like a good fit for Trevor Lawrence. Anytime you can navigate a team that starts three and seven or whatever into what they've done, but overall, like ceiling wise, like what, what do you think of Doug Peterson after sixteen games? All the issues from last year, he uh, he deserves uh, coach of the year. I mean, I mean, like he he was handed such a hard situation. You know, like it's it's a, it's hard to earn trust, especially after. Um, you have someone who uh, destroyed all trust in Jacksonville, you know? So yeah, he stepped in, he, he created a, a culture and, and every, all the players really enjoy playing for him from what I've heard. Um, his offense is outstanding. I think they're top eight in the NFL um, in a lot of major uh, categories. Um, and he's really instilled a belief. Um, I, I mean, it's early, but I would say it's a very similar um, mentality um, to the uh, a 2017 Eagles. Um, it's a exciting organization. I think they're taking in the right time, and I'm really hopeful for the playoffs if we win Saturday. Lana, what's your perception of Doug Peterson after 16 games in, as Ben well describes, is, is, is it's a pretty difficult program to take over. Jacksonville has been a challenge for several years, but even after the fracas last year, like what's your perception of his job kind of in a vacuum of this year? That he's really the same guy that we saw get forced out in Philly where <laughs> he's a good coach, not a great coach. And unless you're one of the top coaches, like your Harbaugh, Tomlin, Belichick, Reed, pick your guy. If you're not one of those guys and you have multiple down years and the team is trending in the wrong direction, like the front office will not be afraid to cut ties with you because it's a very cynical, what have you done for me recently league? And like Peterson, he won a Super Bowl. He coached some good teams and the current iteration started to fail. And what was it? Three years later, two years after he won a ring, for the city that has never won one, he got fired. Mm-hmm. And that was the right call because if you're not one of these top guys, 
and you lose the locker room, you kind of lose your grip on a team. You can't, you don't, you don't really have that leash that other guys have, but he's always been a solid coach and he was a solid hire. We'll see how long he can keep up because those Philly rosters were incredibly stacked at times, but mm-hmm. he still coached good teams. And with Jacksonville, it's really just – And he's got a reputation of helping people with the fundamentals of offense, especially quarterbacks, and you can see that uh, just through this season. Yeah, he, they won't – you won't be a bad team under Peterson, but after – when you reach a certain point as a franchise, just not being bad is no longer the standard. So if you just sink down to the level for a bit like the Eagles had done after the Super Bowl run, the divisional loss to the Saints, when you go from that to, oh, he's keeping us around 500 – that loses its luster. But for Jacksonville, as long as it's not clear, it's not, it's clear that this team has greater heights that it should be reaching, they'll be ecstatic with being 500 ish or above every year compared to what they have been. Ben, if you're feeling a chill, uh, that's the cold water, the Landon <laughs> classically throws I mean, on everybody. <laughs> I, was, I, I was just going to say, I was just saying, I think you're both right. Ben. So, uh, big fella, kind of break that tie like, they're both right. Wow. I mean, if you're a Jacksonville fan, you're thinking coach of the year. We started three at seven. Urban Meyer last year. You got to go in. You got to start all over. And they start poorly, and they keep fighting. And that looks like a real NFL offense. And Lawrence looks like he doesn't want to like move to another country. So, but maybe Landon's right that the ceiling maybe not super high. But if you're in Jacksonville, what do you care about a ceiling right now? Yeah. No. And you know, I love that here's Ben all optimistic about the team and here's Landon <laughs> throwing a wet blanket right over him. Uh, well, I'm, I not, mean, I'm not trying and, to be like that because <laughs> teams don't it. go from bad to contenders in one step. It's always a process. It's like you go from bad to solid, solid to good, good to great. It's no, like, it's like with Lynn. Malarkey for us, like he was good at getting us out of the, out of the dumpster. But at some point yeah. he met his ceiling and we had to move elsewhere. Yeah, now, who's to say Rabel can that take a team from three wins to nine wins, right? Who's to say that um, your high-level coaches can do that? We know those guys. So, yeah, I, I totally get it in all seriousness. Yeah. That, uh, Peterson is that guy that can turn around a program. Uh, as far as it can go, who knows? Uh, I, I think if you're in Jacksonville, you take it. I right. agree and with Landon. It's been a lot of yeah. promises and very little wins. Lynn, I, I, I think you're spot on. I just love how real you get because – you know, Peterson did have a Super Bowl roster and he wasn't able to maintain it. And I do worry about that with Brable. You know, we had reached our height in the 2020 year and, you know, we were the number one scoring offense throughout the season. We were the, you know, heading into the playoffs. We were the number one seed in 20. We were, we were in 21 though. And I just worry that, you know, Brable might be a trap just like Peterson. I mean, we've seen Brable coach, you know, in the craziest of circumstances and the way that we, he did it last year with the amount of people on IR and in, through injury um, was amazing. But I just worry if we can't turn that roster around and get back to it, he'll have the same fate as Peterson. I hope not. But um, I think your analysis of Peterson is, is really spot on. And I think he's the guy to start to turn things around. And Ben, like you were talking about, I think he's got a, a real knack for building trust. And I think it's actually easier for him to build trust right now because everybody hated Urban Meyer so much. <laughs> there wasn't a single guy that, you know, thought he was the guy to be there. And especially after, oh, what was it? When he kicked, kicked Josh, Lam- was it Lambeau or? Yeah, it was Lambeau. Yeah, it was Josh Lambeau. It was, it was so ridiculous. And he didn't know who Aaron Donald was. And it's just like, that guy, 
is a joke and he should not, he does not belong in this league. You know, he's such a joke. Um, And I'm glad that that experiment ended ended early because you guys would have been terrible if he had, you know, had the reins of this team for another two to three years, it would have just been a dumpster. Um, So I think Peterson is the right guy, at least for right now. What do you yeah, guys got Lawrence for the team on a you... really he's got Lawrence on a really exciting development track after Lawrence looked just historically awful last year. Right. And that and that's more than enough for yeah. Jags fans because Lawrence this year has looked like the generational prospect that people were hyping up to be. I absolutely agree. Yeah, there's with, a lot uh, to like there. You landed on that and like I um as a Jags fan for someone who uh, who's lived through it for the last 20 years if I mean like a start of ascension stuff. I will, I'll be very happy if we win eight or nine wins. Um, I've lived through a lot of hard seasons, a lot of you know, looking at the draft. Um, by the end of Halloween, you know, by Halloween, I'm looking mm-hmm. at the draft for next year, top five draft choices. I'm happy I haven't had to look at the draft this year, guys. It is literally, <laughs> I, I literally, you know, it's it's a bit a wild ride, so I just want to see how it ends, you know, and um, where it leads for Jacksonville. I think for me, if we're going to win this game, we're going to have to get after Lawrence. Uh, that's been tough because Jacksonville, for years, has had – they put resources into it, but they have not had a good offensive line. And, and even coming into this year, I, I just thought that was going to be a challenge for them. I think you could say Walker Little maybe saved y'all's season. And Juwan Taylor's played really well at right tackle. Um, tell us what you think about Walker Little, his future is, because after the injury to Cam Robinson, he's really bailed you guys out. And I know that Lawrence gets rid of the ball quickly, and I think Peterson has helped with that. Um, but, uh, man, I've been really impressed down the stretch, and maybe it's because I miss good offensive line play, but really impressed with those guys down the stretch. Absolutely. I mean, uh, he was he was drafted uh, last year, uh, second-round draft pick, um, yeah, heard yeah he's Stanford. a kid from Stanford, right? Yeah, he, 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 he had heard at Stanford. He, he he would have ended up as a first rounder, I believe, had um, he not gotten hurt. Um, and and he um, he's really stepped up. I mean, he's looked great. Um, Juwan Taylor is um, is having an outstanding season. Um, he's a free agent in the offseason, so whoever signs him, um, he's going to earn a lot, I believe, in um, in free agency. Um, offensive line is solid. Um, it's hard to judge. Because Lawrence, he um, he delivers it so quick, right? So it's hard to see if the pass rush is um, effective against Trevor Lawrence. Um, some of the stats aren't actually showing um, what's happening on the offensive line. Um, as a Jags fan, um, I'm very happy with him. I would say um, middle of the NFL, but um, Walker Little has really stepped up, and I mean, it's a it's great to have. Um, someone in your roster who can step in like that. Well, guys, let's talk about what it's going to take to win this game. For the team that you want to win, uh, obviously for us, the Titans, and men, for the Jags, well, what do you really worry about matchup? Or what matchup has to go in in our team's favor? Uh, or what, what, do, what, do, what do the Titans or Jags need to establish? Like, what's the biggest key to getting a win Saturday? We'll start with you, John. So I've got two keys. I think I agree with you that our defense really needs to get after Lawrence and really just relentless pursuit. Uh, I mean, we need Bud Dupree, Danico Autry, Big Jeff, everybody, Tier Tart, everybody top down. We need to just get after him. 
But I think almost more importantly is the constant revolving door that we've been watching at left tackle. I am terrified. We mentioned I mentioned Trayvon Walker earlier. That is something that could really hurt us. I mean, we've got Dobbs out there. He's a little bit more mobile than Tannehill. Maybe not more than Malik, but there are going to be a lot of situations where he's going to get hit blind. He's going to get blindsided because Daly doesn't know what an NFL block is. Um, so I think really just the inconsistency and the liability that our offensive line has been is my biggest concern. Landon, what's the big key for you? It would have to be how we're going to piece together coverage over the middle of the field. Because the first time we played, Evan Ingram had the game of his life. And it wasn't even hard. It wasn't like he was just making spectacular catch after spectacular catch. It's just, oh, he's open over the middle again. Oh, he's over the, over the middle again. He did have that one really nasty catch in tight coverage in the, in the front pylon. But other than that, it was just missing Long and Cunningham and Hooker and Molden and all these guys over the middle of the field. Dylan Cole and whoever and Jack Gibbons and whoever is going to be back there, they're just not experienced enough. They're not as athletic as David Long is. And even though we're going to have Fulton back, I think our defensive back should be as healthy as they'll be outside of Molden being on IR. So the outside should be better. It's just when you when you can essentially attack the middle of the field at will, it's really, really hard to have a good defense. And with Dupree and Landry both out, it gets even harder because at the very least, if we had a fully healthy pass rush, we could at least shake Lawrence off his game, maybe get some quick pressure. But for this, I mean, it's it's a patchwork defensive line. It's a patchwork, it's a patchwork pass rush. And I think that's really going to be the Achilles heel that kills the season for us at some point. Is just teams can go over the middle of the field at will. It's super easy. And they can just march down the field whenever they want to. And there's nothing we can do about it because the fixes to that are all injured. And what about for you? What uh, it's a Jacksonville fan. What do you? Is it the the Henry thing and his history uh, against us? Is, is it us getting a few guys back? What is the biggest key if there's one to Jacksonville finishing, winning this game, and going back to the playoffs? Not only that, hosting a game the following Saturday. What's the biggest key if you're a Jacksonville fan? I would say it's that Henry ran for 118 yards in the first half. I mean, and less half. I mean, he he. Uh, broke out a lot against Jacksonville, right? Um, so I think that's an issue. I mean, they, they need to stop him. I would say biggest, um, as a Jags fan, I'm a little um, worried is if it's second and three versus second and eight. I think if it's second and eight, the Jaguars have a great, great chance at victory. If it's second and three, second and four, um, opens up a lot of play action for Dobbs. Um, it, a lot of efficient throws. Um, I would say there's a Jags fan. It's also that um, if Booker's healthy, Byers there, um, it's a stronger secondary than um, when the Jaguars played them, right? So I don't know if Lawrence is going to throw for over 300 yards and, and three to four scores. Um, I would also say that it's almost kind of shifted. I think the John Jacksonville, uh, uh, the Titans are starting to – Oh, yeah, because it'd be a huge kind of, embarrassment, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it'd be like, you guys did all that to just blow it at home. Yeah, and I think for the last two months it's been on the Titans and everybody else can just come down here and play. That's a really good point. It's our 
it is the Jaguars' first primetime game played um, on a Saturday or Sunday or Monday since 2011. Yeah, you you texted me that today. So besides Thursday night primetime, they have not been in a primetime game <laughs> in 11 years. That 11 is mind-blowing. So everyone's really excited, wow. and it would honestly be the most Jaguar thing if, if <laughs> they stepped in there and absolutely <laughs> slayed in that, right? In their first primetime game in 11 years. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. I've seen some stuff happen, so, you know. Um, Here's the hope. I love how this podcast you're like, hey, I've been a Jags, Jaguar fan for 20 years, so, you know, I am not going to give myself any joy until it actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. You're such a great guy. You, they just really like, tortured you. I mean, you know years. what? Had I chosen another team, I wonder if, you know, some of these, you know, like, it's just, I spent a lot of Sundays just switching it off at, at half, you know, and just saying, hey, I would rather, you know, hang out outside, or I'd rather, you know, jog okay. in the rain than watch them play. <laughs> Which says a lot. It, it's one of those things, like, like if your aunt's had a really tough life, it's like, well, she, maybe she wouldn't be that nice if she – maybe you wouldn't be the great guy you are if the Jacksonville hasn't humbled you the last 20 years. You may be a terrible person if you were, like, a Patriots fan. You might be insufferable, <laughs> you know, like, a, who, who knows? But it does seem sad that on Sundays everybody else is having a good time and you're like, I'm going to go – I'm going to go jog in the rain. This stinks. But they've not given you guys much. So, if, if it were anybody but us, it'd be fun to see you guys um, make that run. Of course, I don't want you to do that. But you say it would be the most Jaguars thing. Uh, either way, it's week 18, and we're paying attention, and it's fun. They flexed us into Saturday. That's pretty cool. Um, I don't like how this season has ended for us. But at the end of the day, this is fun. Football is fun. Uh, we know it's not going to be around too much longer, so you just kind of kind of soak it in. And we've got – I mean, the playoffs begin for these two teams on Saturday night. I think it is super fun. I think a big thing, um, a big key is going to be how well Josh Dobbs can kind of keep that front seven um, honest as far as just keying after Derrick Henry. Uh, if he can make some plays with his feet and he can complete some some passes – doesn't have to be a world beater, but kind of like he did to keep us in that Dallas game. If he can do that, um, this is going to be a game. Otherwise, they're just going to key in on Derrick Henry, and it's it's going to be tough. Uh, the offensive line can't sustain it doing it on. They're going to need, and we don't have anybody. Now, Burks being healthy and doing that, he can help that too. But if we go Dobbs, Burks, and they do something fun, this game is going to get interesting. Real quickly, guys, let's talk about around the NFL. Um, this is a big week. Um, we, we have to start with what happened uh, on Monday night. I was driving. Uh, I had an auto client up in North Indiana, so I was driving through. I felt like I should hold my nose through Indianapolis. <laughs> I got through, and I looked down. and You can just feel sometimes even on text like how somber I knew something really bad had happened. And um, I, I just um, – we just pray for that young man, and I'm so glad that um, – so thankful that um, – Medical advancement is what it, what it is. That was a freak thing. And the people that responded so quickly, that's just so great. The big story for me is I think five years ago, 10 years ago, anytime before, they would have played that game. And I, I know, and I want Landon to talk to us or you guys to talk to us about all the fallout from trying to figure out the AFC playoff picture because of that. But I, I was glad to see them because I always thought it was so weird when I was a kid and something would happen and they would make those guys play. 
Uh, what do you guys think about it? If any of you have a strong opinion about that, um, I respect it if it's different from mine, but I, I just don't – it just seems wrong to play after a guy. It was inches from his own – from losing his own life on a football field. Like it's It's got to be the scariest injury that's happened on a football field in just forever because it's more than like guys were upset that one of their teammates was injured. Like they were showing on the broadcast, everyone just legitimately looked shell-shocked. And like no, yeah. and it's also like they talk about like after a bad injury, like no one really wants to play, or the injury sucked out of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Just with how long it took, and just how awful the situation actually was, like no one would have been playing well. It would have been worse. It would have been. It would have made the Pro Bowl look like the most competitive game ever because half yeah. those guys, most of those guys, were barely keeping it together on the field. Yeah, and because I mean, well, I'm sure they thought he died. If y'all have ever seen somebody have a heart attack, I'm sure they thought he died, and it, it, it's traumatic for people watching at home. I, I'm I know they see a lot of injuries, but I, I'm referring to more like when I was a kid, I was watching that Dennis Bird game for the Lions, where he, I mean, you could just tell he was paralyzed. He went limp. It was gross. Or like I was watching the Celtics game when Grant, when um, Gordon Hayward's you know ankle just like dislocated from his leg. It's disgusting, and to make people get out on the court and play. Uh, it's not appropriate, and I, I hope that's a new standard they have. It's like if somebody's life is on the line uh, or their ability to walk again, I, I think and, – and I respect if somebody – because the fallout is big for a lot of teams, right? And I want uh, maybe help our listeners understand, like, that does make Week 18 more interesting and more relevant for sure. And I know that that's tough, but I think uh, ultimately people can get in a room and figure out something that's fair for every team. And I, and I hope that they ultimately do. It sounds like they might have done that today. Landon, can you, can you enlighten us or John or Ben enlighten us on what the scenarios are because of the, the cancellation of that game Monday? I will. Well, I'll, I'll try I, my best, well, but it just – you mentioned that, it, that game – Factor it into the one, two, three, and five, and seven seed races. Like it literally, depending on how, actually, it affected every single seed, depending on what what happens in week eighteen. So, just from a pure football perspective, just distancing from the fact that a man nearly died on the field, like this could not have come at a worse time for the NFL this late in the season, with this many stakes and with this much going on because three different teams could have gone to one seed depending on how this game shook out. And now they're just stuck in an impossible situation of how to fix it. Oh, I was just going to talk more about the injury, but, um, yeah, let's have it, Jim. Yeah. Well, cause Nathan, I talked to you on the phone earlier today and you know, uh, at first I was just, I probably watched that replay of the, of the hit about a hundred times and, you know, having played in high school, college, I've had the hit a, a thousands of times and to watch somebody nearly lose their life over that hit. And, you know, that I've been in that same situation. It was kind of a, a wake up, not a, a wake up call for me, I guess. And, you know, how fortunate I am to be here and to have played for, you know, the amount of time that I have, but that was just a weird moment. I'm sure everybody who's laced up pads and wore a helmet and, you know, watching that had that same realization. And I think that's why all these players were so shaken to their core and not, not to mention that, you know, they love and care for their teammate. And, uh, but I think it was just a really eye opening situation. And, 
thankfully it sounds like he's going to be okay and he's you know on the road to recovery i mean he's still in critical uh condition but he's able to regain some feeling in his hands talking he knows what happened and everything right yeah um but yeah it was just really wild and like you said like i think it's really huge of the nfl and i think they're setting a new standard and landon to your point of like it couldn't come at the worst at a worse time i think that even speaks more volumes to the nfl like it could have they could have forced them all to play the game and it would have been a terrible message but it would have solved our seating question um, but they said, screw it, the right thing to do, cancel the game, we're not going to replay it, we're going to figure out how to make this work, and, you know, I, I think the easier thing for them to do was to just, you know, force the players on the field, but then you got pissed off players, pissed off fans, pissed off everybody, p- pissed off non-fans who just heard about it, you know, um, so I really credit the NFL and, you know, the NFL Players Association for kind of um, sticking to a moral compass here and, you know, acknowledging that this injury, this guy's yeah. life is way bigger than football and the playoff seating. And, you know, yeah, I don't think they would have done that before because I don't think it would have been as important before. And I think yeah. you can see the change by actions. And um, I think it, it went a long way. Not everybody agrees with that, I think, because I think in any time before the last few years, uh, I think the, the second to the last week week of the season, uh, I think they play that game. I think they make the yeah. finish. And it shows a, a little bit more, um, for me, character, a little bit more understanding about um, that they, this is, these are these guys' lives. You yep. know, absolutely. And if somebody that I work with and work with really hard, if they just pass out and I think they might be dead, I don't, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to go to work. I'm not going to finish my shift. I'm going to go home. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I credit him for that. I know it makes it confusing, but it can be figured out. You can figure this out. It's a man's life. Right. Um, outside and, of and, – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's a game. And, and you Absolutely. know, at the very bare bones of it, it is a game. And, yeah, I'm just glad they did the right thing. And everybody every, – it's been very clear to me, no matter what news outlet you're looking at, no matter what you're watching, I mean – I was telling you, like, I, I don't watch the, you know, I- any of the specific news channels, but we were flipping through channels the other day, and on Fox News, Stephen A. Smith was on there talking about, um, you know, the injury and the players and, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills, and, it, like, I wouldn't expect that to be on Fox yeah, News. I wouldn't it expect it to be on, yeah, yeah it, it, sports, way bigger yeah. than football. Um, so Which football I'm, is the I'm, biggest thing in this country. It's like the religion and everything else of this country, but it did transcend. Yeah sport because it's an interesting uh, I mean I think it shows how our culture is changing uh, guys outside of Jacksonville and I know it, what we were talking about previously may feed into this what, what game has your interest the most what do you mean most and it's fun our teams are playing on Saturday night so uh, Landon loves when we do primetime uh, because we get to watch Red Zone all day uh, what's <laughs> got you most interested and why this weekend we'll start with you Ben I would say the uh, the Lions Packers. podcast, Ben. I know you're a listener. You can't steal the Lions from Landon, but he'll. Oh, oh, the, oh he's a. Uh, I'm Lions, kidding. Okay, a, uh, Dan Campbell guy. Um, I like. It. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with the Lions. You know, I uh, yeah. I, I watched Hard Knocks and stuff, and I mm-hmm. I started drinking the juice. You know, I I like you know that organization. Um, and then the 
Packers have really um, stormed on. I think they've won a few straight. Yeah. And, mm. and, you know, and uh, I'm curious to see what um, Lafleur and uh, Rodgers end up, you know, um, if they show up or not. So I think we'll they'll show up, game. and I think D- Detroit will too. I think it's going to be a blast. And uh, you mentioned Hard Knocks. I watched a lot of that too. Uh, I didn't know coming away from, from Hard Knocks this season if they were going to be good, but I know, Ben, I really wanted them to be good this season. So I agree. Just something compelling about that group of people in that city, and I'm glad to see them. You talk about Jacksonville just kind of being happy to be there. I think their fans see – I think, I think it's really important for Detroit to be relevant on the last week of the, the last weekend of the season. Yeah. Um, Landon, what, what's got you most interested um, this weekend? Patriots at Bills because this is obviously going to be the Bills' first game after Monday. And the Patriots currently control their own destiny for the seventh seed. So if they win, they're in as the seventh seed, I believe. Or now that or Miami is a. Yeah, so New England controls their destiny. So if they win, they're in. It's in Buffalo, but obviously Buffalo has other things on their mind. Vegas still has Buffalo as a seven point favorite. Wow. But the Patriots' offense is so limited. So if Buffalo wins, the Patriots are eliminated. Then the seventh seed pretty much comes down to, can the Dolphins beat the Jets at home with Skylar Thompson at quarterback? And if they lose and the Steelers beat the Browns at home, then the Steelers make the playoffs. And so it feels really gross. And I think it's because our friend Laura, her parents came over and they're huge Steelers fans, and mm-hmm. unlike most Steelers fans, I actually liked being around them. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if the Steelers stuck into the playoffs again, like, it That's feels great. wrong to say like I wouldn't. I'm kind of rooting for the Steelers to sneak into the playoffs. Ew, but... Stop it right now. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, John can't handle that. But the Steelers and the whole Tomlin thing, and then battling back to, ha- to try to have a winning record, and you just see, yeah, John does not want to hear it, and we should all hate them. But it's like. Those individual guys down there, and they lost their best player, and they've come back. And yeah, it would be kind of weird. John, don't defriend me, but man, it, I of all those teams, you'd kind of like to see them be the last one over the stupid Patriots and Dolphins, etc. Dead, dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Landon. Continue your excellent point. Well, and then the second game I'm looking at is Seahawks Rams because it determines if Sunday night is. Is another win in your in-game, so it's essentially a mini- another playoff game after our game, or if it'll just be can the Lions play a spoiler against the Packers. Because if the Rams upset the Seahawks, now Geno Smith hasn't been cooking as much recently, and the Rams have looked decently competitive given how just decimated their roster is. They don't have their first-round pick. They have nothing to lose. If the Rams, if the Rams win, then that Sunday <clears throat> night game becomes a true win in your in Lions, Packers, whoever wins gets a seven seed. If the Seahawks win, then it just becomes if the Packers win, the Packers make it. If the Packers lose, the Seahawks make it. So Seahawks losing, even though it's been a fun story, they've kind of fizzled out. And if they play the 49ers or the Eagles or the Cowboys in the first round, I don't have much hope of them giving a competitive game. And I would rather just see like I'm well duh, I would love to see Detroit sneak in yeah. and have a chance at something. Absolutely. Big fella, what do you got for this weekend? If you can get your mind for one second off of Jacksonville, uh, what, are you, what are you most interested in this weekend? 
Well, I mean, you know, there is some intrigue out there. I mean, we've still got a Ravens-Bengals game to potentially determine the NFC North. Or the well, AFC North, sorry. Well, kind of. Kind of. Depending yeah, so, on well, how this yeah, I'll whole get, thing I'll get happens. into that in a bit once we finish just breaking down the schedule. Yeah. Well, and, anyway, I mean, whenever you have an AFC North battle in Week 18, it's, it's going to be interesting when both teams are competitive and – you know, still fighting for it. So that has some intrigue to me, even though, you know, they can both kick rocks. I don't like either team. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. I'm, I saw a report and I think it's been confirmed that the commanders are starting Sam Howell. Yeah. It's so been, it's confirmed. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what he does against potentially a Dallas team that might be resting starters. Cause I think they're, they're not resting. They won't be resting. They won't because they can still technically win their division. Yeah, the yeah, so, yeah, the, so the Eagles are playing the same time now. The Eagles are playing the Giants, who are locked into the sixth seed. And the so Giants that's are good, resting yeah, starters. So that's good like, for Philly. Yeah. But on the off chance the Giants' backups make it a game, and Philly has kind of last week looked out of sorts, Dallas can still get the one or two seed if they win and Philly loses. So they're well, going to be going games, all out. Those games are – yeah, you're right. So games are at the same time, so they can't really scoreboard watch. Oh, yeah, they, um, yeah, NFL made sure not to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I still I'm kind of curious to see what Sam Howell has because, you know, we talked about him during the draft process, and he was kind of like that, uh, you know, that quarterback that's kind of in the purgatory where we're not really sure what the heck is going to happen with him. Um, not really sure how we felt about him landing in the com- at, with the commanders, but it'll be interesting to see because it was a big crop of quarterbacks. Um, so I guess those are kind of – at the forefront of my mind, I'm on the the Lions Packers bandwagon as well. I think that game will be a hell of a game. Um, you know, Dan the Man Campbell is awesome, and you know Rogers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has ever been more of a diva than he is over the past twelve months. I mean, it's just unreal. So I'm curious just to see how it all happens. All right, so you mentioned Bengals Ravens. So since Cincinnati will have played fewer games in Baltimore, if Baltimore wins, they would have swept Cincinnati. They would have the same number of wins, but since they played an extra game and lost that game, the win percentage would mean they had lost. So the way the NFL decided in a press release from a couple hours ago, so if the Ravens beat the Bengals this week and they're set to be the wild card game, which is all but assured, the only so right now the Chargers lock in the five seed with a win. So it would have to be the Chargers lose and the Ravens win for this not to happen. And so since he would still win the division, the Ravens would be the five seed. They would play on the road against the AFC South winner. But if the Chargers win and the Ravens win, they would be playing against each other. The home team in that scenario would be decided by a coin toss. Because there's really no That is other... wild. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's wow. for me. I would have I wonder if that's like unprecedented, really, because I've never, never heard of that. It is. And my thought was if Baltimore beat Cincinnati and they had swept Cincinnati and they were set to, my thought was just if they sweep Cincinnati, they should win the division outright since they yeah. beat the Bengals twice. Like they're I being, agree. they're being punished in a way for having to play an extra game, which obviously, like, it's not intentional, but it's like when you look at it that way, it's like Baltimore had to play an extra game. 
that they lost. Cincinnati didn't have to play a game against the Bills, who they could have lost to. In that case, Baltimore would have won the division if they won. But, I mean, I guess, like, the coin toss is the most fair by the rule book of just how the tiebreakers are determined. But it just seems so obvious. And I feel like, as far as, like, the Bills and Bengals teams, like, the teams go, I doubt they're that mad about just how this thing has shaken up because they made the decision not to play. It happened yeah, to them. The, they had bigger things on their minds. Baltimore, the fans, it's different. I wonder yeah. if that were for the Titans. I wonder how I would – I'm just sitting here thinking I wonder how I'd feel. I'd like to think that I'd be like, well, but, I mean, yeah, that's a very big deal. Yeah. yeah and it gets, even, it gets even bigger because since the Monday game got ruled a no contest, the Chiefs essentially got handed the one seed by just this terrible accident because right now – Buffalo, if Buffalo, if they both win, Kansas City is the one seed. Even though Buffalo beat them head to head and had the same number of and had the same number of wins, Kansas City would still be the one seed, I believe. Well, Which is fair, beat. I mean, like Buffalo beat them in Kansas City, they control their own destiny. But just with, with the way it worked, so unless the Raiders beat Kansas City on Saturday and Buffalo wins, Kansas City is the one seed. Cincinnati who had an outside chance of the one seed just gets totally screwed by this, but it's just, it's impossible to please everyone. My so, hope is Kansas city just wins and kind of everything goes as it should. So it won't be kind of weird like that, but yeah. But yeah. even though like the bills are m- much more concerned with Hamlin's health, like the bills could have won on Monday because like a 10th of the game had gone by. They could have won. They would have. And if they beat the Patriots this week, you just look at that Monday game. It's like, they could have won that game, and they would be the one seed. They would have gone the bye. They would have home field advantage, and all this, and all these big perks to the one seed that Kansas City gets just for sitting on the couch. And so the, now, yeah. so the way the NFL is kind of balancing this out is, the AFC. I'm reading this straight from the presser. The AFC Championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed. And host of the game had all AFC teams played a full 17 game season. So pretty much if it's if it's Chiefs and either the Bengals or Bills, it'll be played on neutral site. If it's Bengals and Bills, it's at the higher seed, which would be Buffalo, which Cincy fans will be mad about because Cincy was winning that game. If they had won that game, they would be the two seed. If it's the Chiefs versus anyone else, it'll be in Kansas City like normal. But like I said, if it's Chiefs versus Bills or Bengals, it will be a neutral site game. And right now I've seen Indy or Atlanta as the suggested neutral sites. Detroit was another option, but it's already been booked on the championship game weekend. So right now, so pretty much the main thing is we could have a literal coin flip for the division for between Bengals and Ravens for who gets home, home field advantage that game. We have the Bengals getting screwed because they're pretty much locked into the three seed unless they win and Buffalo loses. Kansas City is the one seed pretty much no matter what. And outside of that, the, really the only thing that's changing seeding-wise is the AFC Championship game, which will be at a neutral site, which for any team that makes it, unless it's like the Titans somehow make a miraculous run or the Ravens, or not the Ravens because they would go no matter what even if it's like Tyler Huntley doing amazing, but like, unless it's like the Titans having a miracle run, it's the AFC championship game. It's like Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. Oh, I guess Chargers because Chargers don't have any fans. Like, even if it's a neutral side game, 
it'll be pretty even on both sides. And the NFL is doing its best to put the game geographically in between the two teams. So it's going to be a very weird playoffs. And I know a lot of people, probably myself included, if Kansas City plays a really close game against either team, or, well, depending on who Kansas City plays in the second round, if they win a really close game and get lucky, I know some people will be giving it like the bubble asterisk, like in the NBA, where they got the one seed, they got all this help and all these advantages without doing anything. It's just kind of how it fell. I think it wasn't yeah. intentional. It'll be interesting how, after everything settles down, kind of what the fan reaction is, especially yeah. in certain cities. Do you guys have anything else? If I were the NFL, I mean, um, what would happen if it's a draw? So, like, if I mean, the Monday night game was a draw? Yeah. It would be the same thing because you would get. Because a draw isn't a loss, but it's also not a win, but it counts in your uh, games played, I believe. Mm-hmm. So if it were a draw, both the Bengals and Bills, if Kansas City won, wouldn't be able to surpass Kansas City because it would be by total wins. So like if Kansas City wins, they would have 14. <clears throat> Buffalo, could, Buffalo would only get to 13. Since he could only get to 12. Or... Yeah, since you can only get to 12. So Kansas City would still win if it's a draw or no contest. And that's really just the big issue because no matter what you do, like you would have to make like a one-time rule, a one-time stipulation to make it to where Kansas City doesn't get handed the one seed and, and control of it after being behind the Bills all year because they lost the Bills at home, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. Like, and, I, I, and I get why they want to do the coin flip with the Ravens Bengals thing because they don't want to put in like an extenuating circumstance, one time rule. Like, Hey, even though technically the rules say you should like the Bengals should be favored because they had a better win percentage or whatever, since Baltimore might sweep them, they should get the home field advantage no matter what. But like I said earlier, like this is the worst, worst, worst possible time for this to happen. Because if it were, if it were even, Two weeks ago, they would have found a way to fix this. But it, it was yeah. literally less than a week before the end of the season in a game that impacts the entire AFC playoff race. And having the AFC championship game, having it to be where the Chiefs don't get home field advantage over the two teams that could have passed them for the one seed, that's about as fair as it can get. But with the one seed getting a bye and having to play one less game, there's still that there's still that advantage that is, is just kind of unfair no matter how you slice it. Big fella, if I were the commissioner in the NFL, I would have the seven or eight AFC teams that have any relevancy to this. Just get them all uh, in the conference room in New York um, probably tomorrow morning. And just seems like you could figure out something that would work for everybody, right? And uh, that would be the most fair. Because there are rules and you can think, well, this or that, or should it be a draw? It's like, or it could be like, just get in a room and the Ravens are fine with this and the Bengals are fine with this. And the Chiefs are fine with this, and and I, I just kind of wish they would do that because I, I think it's such a special situation, like Lance says, and such a perfectly bad time. Because, like you said, if it was two weeks ago, they'd play the game somehow. Um, yeah, it's just uh, really tough. But I, I just think this is a situation like where you kind of drop all the rules and you just make sure everybody's kind of kind of heard here. Yeah, do something that makes sense. You know, take it to the competition committee. 
um, or, you know, have a bunch of coaches who don't have a dog in the fight um, kind of weigh in and what they would do or what they think is fair. I saw um, some suggestions that they might bring in like – they might have an eighth playoff team and just not have any buys this year. I saw that too, but can you really do that? I mean, it, it would benefit us, I guess, but – well, I thought think, about that I don't think too. we'd be able to make it anyway if we lost, but it it would be the most – Fair in the sense that Kansas City doesn't get the advantage of having to play one less game. Yeah. Because Cincy is getting screwed because they go from getting having a chance at the two seed or even the one seed to probably be in the three seed, which means they get one home playoff game. Then they have to go to Buffalo instead of Buffalo coming to them. But I mean, outside of that, like the main thing is Kansas City gets gets the weekend off. They get to be healthy. They have one less game to go wrong for them, and eighth playoff team would fix that. Now they would, that would be like they would be getting the uh, like the Patriots or the Dolphins, like whoever missed it for the Steelers or the Steel or two of the three teams I mentioned earlier. They'd be getting well, then, a sub five hundred. They would be getting a nine and eight or an eight and nine team. How do you make that, do much? How, how do you justify that for the NFC side? I mean, I just it, don't. That's that's fair, I, but yeah. it's also like. A bunch of people were saying like you would have like a week nineteen. It's like you would have the playoffs staggered where Bills Bengals would play next week, so not this coming weekend, but next weekend, same time as the NFC Wild Card. And then you would have it was just like a really weird staggering of things because I think at this point, just with the way stadiums are booked and just everything is set up, they can't just move the entire playoffs back a week this late in the process. Like people like. They did it when 9-11 happened, but 9-11 happened like week three. They they had time to plan for that. This is a week away from playoffs. They can't just shift it a whole week with all the logistics going on. Yeah. I, I think I would say the eighth AFC team would probably be the most fair just from a competitive advantage perspective because, like I said, the Chiefs don't get oh, – Chiefs don't have to skip a game. You can't fix the home field advantage for the Bills Bengals because they would be the two and the three either way. So you can't fix that no matter what outside of also having that matchup if it happened to be a neutral site game. And with the NFC, like I I think you you would just kind of just say, like, hey, this is a freak this is a freak axe and this is a freak scenario. We are doing the best we can to make it competitive. NFC, you could still keep seven, the one seed still gets that by. Because whoever makes it to the Super Bowl, they still get since it's not being moved. You you still get two weeks to prepare and get healthy, so it's less of an advantage. It's going to be really interesting. I think wins and losses this weekend will kind of would make it more clear too. So maybe they'll, I would think, maybe wait to decide. But it seems like they've got a plan in place. Yeah, it looks like they're keeping with seven, and they're just planning out the neutral side stuff and the coin flip. Yeah, I've heard that regardless of what the decision is, it's going to be communicated before the game's on Saturday. Yeah, sure. The teams heading in know what to expect. All right, thank you all. I hope I didn't keep you up too late. I know it's 11 o'clock over there, Um, Ben. Thanks for being with us. It's just good to hear your voice again, man, and uh, give us a call unless you guys are, like, killing us. Uh, Well, maybe we'll (laughs) talk during the game Saturday night. I really enjoyed it. I'm actually uh, I'm uh, I'm flying to Jacksonville Saturday, so I'm, yeah, uh, cool. Good to, good to see it, man. It's, it's my first Jags home game, I think, in, uh, in in a few years. Yeah, no, they played the Jets up here, and it was storming, so I ended up staying home. And I was I was like, and then after after um, Jackson 
pulled off them. I wish I had um, driven up. So I'm really excited to see what happens on Saturday. You know, it'll uh, or lose and stuff. It'll be an experience for sure. So, and I um, awesome. love hearing your guys' voices, man. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, I love joining the show. Yeah, cool. We'll have you on again soon to come, come back down and visit us in Nashville, okay, man? Anytime. Absolutely. That's it for Tennessee Titans Talk this week. You guys are ready not only for our game for this weekend, uh, be our last regular season, then we're going to get into the good stuff. I hope everybody had a great holiday. This is going to be a very fun weekend of football. Let's enjoy it. Uh, Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Ooh, Give us a big Duval if you want to. Yeah. <laughs>